And now, welcome to the Just the West podcast. Just the West podcast. I'm your host, Just the West. I'm actually in Alameda right now at my co-host's place, uh, Tee Up, back at his hometown. My hometown included, but we're here on a, uh, a pretty chill Saturday, Saturday evening. Tee Up, say what up, though. Hey, what's up, everyone? Uh, it's been a minute, I guess. Uh, where did we leave? It was before that I left for Asia, huh? Last time that I was on the pod. I think it was right around December time, right? Yeah, yeah. Because you sure. spent Christmas, you spent the New Year's, and then some in Korea, Thailand, a couple other places. I don't, I don't even know. So somewhere in, in between, right? Yeah, for uh, I was in Bangkok for for a few days, and then uh, off to Seoul, South Korea, and then to uh, Krabi. So yeah, man, I'm glad to be back. It's uh, Super Bowl is upon us, and uh, I can't wait for it. You're so, uh, so cultural now, huh? <laughs> there was no football there, huh? There's no football there. Believe it or not, we were able to watch... Uh, a f- I was able to watch a few NFL games. It was it was like... Uh, it was early in the morning, though, but I was able to squeeze in some games because I had that urge. I-, I needed to watch it. What game did you watch again? It was uh, Niners-Rams, Week 17, and we were in, uh, we were in Bangkok. You've been... Man, you've been gone that long. Oh shit! Oh, man, I was gone for 18 days total. It was, it was a long time. <laughs> but it's crazy when you're on vacation. You know, like that time it, it fast forwards really fast. Yeah, goes by. But yeah, and uh, I was able to squeeze in some NBA games too. But cool, man. Well, hey, happy new year. It's 2019. We're actually, I mean, time flies. It is what February. It's almost February. January 26th right now. February 3rd. Super Bowl 53, I'm sure you heard already. Oh, you, you saw you saw these games, Yeah, right? I was back. I was okay, back. so the Rams, Patriots, Super Bowl 53. Right now, last time I checked, um, Patriots favored by two over under 57.5, which is, by the way, that's the highest point spread in Super Bowl history, 57.5. Mm. Um, but I wanted this moment because it's kind of a dead week. The Super Bowl is next Sunday, February 3rd, so, I mean, we have time of plenty to talk about whatever the hell is going on in the nfc west let's, let's kick the can a little bit let's uh let's talk the shit all right let's go ahead uh yeah antonio brown have you checked out his instagram guys Ooh-wee. have i so for those that don't know or don't have social media i mean you know i'm uh, anyways all right some people don't but antonio brown on his social media accounts via instagram you know, recently, a couple weeks ago, he had, I, I guess, a, what, a FaceTime interview conversation between the GOAT from the Niners, Jerry Rice, and himself. And he, he mentioned it was conveyed that he wants to be a Niner. Uh, lo and behold, like earlier this week, there was a post where you had Antonio Brown, Jerry Rice, where Antonio Brown was photoshopped with a Niners uniform, number 84, with a quote by Jerry Rice saying that if you got a player like that, that can get, that can add to the offense, you have to go for it. You have to go for it. You have to go for it. Jerry Rice said that on 95.7 The Game on a radio interview. And so, you know, I know that Antonio Brown's been going back and forth with Jerry Rice and talking about his intentions. For those that don't know, I mean, he, he follows the Niners. He follows George Kittle, Jimmy Garoppolo, amongst others. But he also unfollowed the Steelers. Mm. So, little passive-aggressive. Tee up. 
What say you about this? I mean, I I know this is a bunch of fuckery right now. I mean, <laughs> yeah. the Steelers still have his rights. Mm-hmm. All right. So yeah. I mean, are, I mean, are, is he going to be a Niner, or do you think they're going to do the farthest thing away from the Niners? I mean, they're going to trade him to like the Bills or some other shit like that. You know? Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, at this point, it's like let's just. We already know his intentions. Um, we're obviously unclear of the Niners' intentions because of a. Uh, um, tampering issues yeah but i mean we're already this this far along the road i mean i don't see why not i I could see how okay let's let's play devil's advocate real fast okay so i see how other Niner fans are seeing this um potential trade as uh, not beneficial for the organization um because he's 30 years old because he is maybe on the the back end of his career um obviously the attitude locker room issues um but man, if you if you look at his past five years, his production, it is in the tier one group wide receivers for the entire league. That's undisputable. This is data. This is this is statistics. Right. If I was if I was Lynch, why not? Let's just hey, let's kick the bucket. Let's see let's see what they're gonna what they want for it. We do have the cat room to to sign a veteran like him. Um, I feel like we have a solid locker room that would, and front office that could lock down, and I guess a personality like that in our in our locker room. So, um, you know, like for me, I'm not really too worried about the whole. You know, he might be a problematic in the locker room. I'm just seeing it more in a production standpoint. And how long have the Niners been yearning for that number one wide receiver? I mean, to your point about John Lynch and his intention to win now and get it right. I mean, last offseason, apparently there was a trade proposal by the Niners to the Oakland Raiders for Khalil Mack. It was, it's been mentioned several times saying that arguably the Niners had a better trade offer on the table than what the Bears had, had done. And so a lot of kind of would have, but uh, yeah, had the Niners have traded for Khalil Mack, that would have been crazy. I know that they're going into year three between John Lynch as the general manager, Kyle Shanahan as the head coach. I mean, they have six-year deals, but, I mean, year three, this is usually the year mm-hmm. where you take that next step. Obviously, you would have liked Jamie G a whole year in year two to have that starting experience underneath the Kyle Shanahan offense, but, you know, you're going to get a healthy Jimmy Garoppolo. You're going to get an NFC West that... I won't say it's wide open per se, but I mean the Seahawks and the Rams, they're competing. They're right right out there. Can the Niners join them in the fray? And I, I don't know, man. Like you can only lose to the Seahawks for so long mm-hmm. and get dominated. It was a huge win for them to beat Seattle earlier earlier this season, but I mean you have to I mean eventually like one of the biggest things for you as as general manager for the Niners, yeah, you have to put forth a team that will honestly beat Seattle. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, that was the first time that we beat Seattle in, what, six or seven years, so that was definitely a good win, and it just showed the, you know, even though our team, we knew that uh, they weren't going to go to the playoffs, they're not going to get very far this season, they showed through every game after we lost Jimmy Garoppolo that they still have the they have the heart to fight, and there's no, there's no giving up. Regardless of um, you know we where our stance was in the um, in our division, so I'll be intrigued because I mean despite a 
Oh, yeah. I'll just call it like it is. Despite a shitty season for like what the nth year in a row, a couple things going forward. You have Jimmy Garoppolo, healthy. Jarek McKinnon, healthy. George Kittle, old pro, tight end. Matt Breida. Uh, Matt Breida. You have some solid pieces on the offense. McGlinchey, stud right tackle. Staley's coming back for one more year. So, yeah, I mean, they're, I won't say they're only a couple pieces away because that's, that's a lie. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, yeah, having Antonio Brown would really embody the whole win-now mode for, for year three, let's yeah, just say that. I agree. So, so what, what, what is your stance? If, uh, if you're John Lynch, do you, do you go out and get it? Or? So I'll be intrigued to see what truly is the asking price for the Steelers just because – you know, people that was really that was, that was already publicized though, right? Yeah. But, but they were asking for it. Was it was it two ones? Something like that. Okay. And from what I understand, and this is strictly through, I mean, Twitter, the rumors. I mean, we don't really know, but apparently they put the feelers, and they haven't been getting the response that they mm-hmm. would have liked. Mm-hmm. You mentioned before he's gonna he's thirty now. He's gonna be thirty one entering the two thousand nineteen season. He's owed a lot of money. Um, obviously, you know. And say character issues, off the field issues, or whatever. But he's been talking some mad shit about the Steelers. Yeah, I mean that's something to keep in mind. I mean he's been doing whether he, he has character issues themselves or he's just trying to get out of Pittsburgh. I mean there's some shit that you have to deal with as mm-hmm. a new team. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you know, having said that, I hope that his draft stock per se in terms of trade value it does go down. I don't think that the Niners should trade a first round pick. Mm-hmm. Like the second overall pick, but it wouldn't phase me, you know, if you if you truly felt this way about him to trade a future first or maybe package, um, maybe this year second. I, I don't know something along those lines, but um, I don't know what, what is the right right formula for this to, to to get a deal done. I if he he's he's a once and a once in a generational type of talent at his position. Um, you already know my stance. I think let's kick the bucket. Obviously, <clears throat> 49ers are in all all rumors for free agents. Yeah. Um, this is this is a key one to our offense. Um, let's do it. Do it for what? Let's do it. The Niners only have five draft picks right now. They might have six picks with with a. Uh... It would have to be a future first. It wouldn't be. It wouldn't be. In my opinion, this number two pick is too valuable for the Niners yeah. moving yeah. forward. So that's not even in the, in the conversation. A future first, you know, it could turn out into a middle to early late um, draft pick in the first round next season. Um, let's let, let's see what happens. You know, maybe this is another best case scenario. You know, Haskell. You have um, a couple of up and coming. Well, obviously, Kyler Murray declared for the draft. You know, you have some interesting quarterback prospects. And so the best thing, in my opinion, would be if you can get a really a good bountiful return for a trade down, mm-hmm. pick up another first round, and maybe ship the, the later first round mm. to get Antonio Brown. I don't think you're going to do the second overall, but maybe something in the teens. Sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's that's something you can, you can Lynch roll does, with. Lynch does have a track record for, for trading down. I mean, yeah, let's just say, I don't know, they... Um, they get two f- two first from the Raiders, or mm-hmm. they get 
they trade down with the Jaguars to number seven. They use that number seventh overall, and they trade down some more. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? They get a little bit more ammunition because they only have five draft picks right now where you can can kind of play with it from there, you yeah. know? Yeah. 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 So. All right. To kind of transition off of that, you talked about Kyler Murray. Yeah. And we all know the connection between Kyler Murray and the brand-new head coach for the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, man. So we mentioned this Briefly, upon the hire, but the Cardinals have a new signal caller in town, the head coach from Texas Tech. He accepted and he got fired from Texas Tech. He got an offer with the USC, and within a couple months, he got an even better offer. He's the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals right now. He runs a spread offense. He uses a lot of four wide receiver sets. He uses an air raid type of offense. And so, yeah, man, Cliff Kingsbury... Head coach of the of the Cardinals. I mean, what say you about that? And you know, Kyler Murray is a draft prospect. It is another um, quarterback where Kingsbury has mentioned that I would that he would love to have him. It was on record on ESPN saying that if if I was a head coach for an NFL team, I would draft him first, right? He did say that. Uh, I mean, the first big move of Cliff was re-signing Fitz, right? And Fitz just re-signed. Earlier this week, how many seasons has he been in the league? I think this is like 18 season or something, something ridiculous like that. Yeah, man. I mean, he's been <laughs> – he was a ball boy for the Vikings with Randy Moss during those days. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, man, he's been he's been in the NFL to some capacity for the like the last couple decades. But, but anywho, he's going to continue to play as a Cardinal for a one-year $11 million deal. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, but yeah, I guess with the okay, we'll t- let's talk about the Kyler Murray situation first. Sure. I guess let's let let's let's un- let's peel back the layers real fast. Let me ask you this: Is Rosen the the quarterback for for Kingsbury? Did he show you enough that would make you believe that Cliff is all in on Rosen? You know, the funny thing about that is. Rosen on like they had a very the Cardinal season you know obviously it was bad but Rosen you can argue that he got progressively worse to end the season he got more hurts yeah he got hurried I mean a lot of things aren't his fault per se but he didn't end the season on, on a high notes by any means but at the same time too I know that Kingsbury, he took the job before Kyler Murray announced his draft candidacy mm. for the NFL draft. So, I mean, you would assume that one of the interview questions, if you're going to be a head coach, is like, well, what do you think about the current quarterback, Josh Rosen? I can de- mm-hmm. develop him. So I, I have some confidence that they would, that Cliff, you know, does believe that Rosen would mm-hmm. be mm-hmm. the quarterback moving forward. Yeah, and, you know, looking back at that Arizona team last season, like, they, uh, they just lack they just lack the offense um, outside of David Johnson you know what did he have he had you know fits in the slot fits in the and, slot and Kirk got hurt he, yeah. injury reserve yeah they didn't have much they, uh, Ricky Seals Jones didn't yeah. do well yeah you know they, they didn't give the pieces to Rosen to help him succeed and as a result it just showed like his performance on the field and the defense they were always playing catch up you know, and you know that's a lot to ask from a from a young quarterback. 
I mean, just just offhand, you know, I, I don't think that the Cardinals are gonna make any moves to that capacity and and trade or draft Kyler Murray. But you know, it's it's an interesting wrinkle because Kingsbury he did say it like on record that he would love to have him yeah. as a quarterback. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so yeah, uh, I mean, I guess it's Arizona needed to do this. They needed to, you know, look into a new head coach. Yeah. Cliff is uh, offensive-oriented, and that's um, – I can't see it hurting him. Let's just say that. Okay. I, th- I think it's definitely going to benefit him. And they got a young quarterback who is potentially their franchise quarterback. Um, they got a number one draft pick. So – We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. If I had to be the devil's advocate about this, you know, everyone loves – everyone when, Everyone wants the, new, the, the the next Sean McVay, the young signal caller, yeah. the Kyle Shanahan, whatever the hell you may call it. But you know, for the record, and I mean, Kingsbury, he did not have a, a good winning percentage record with Texas Tech. Okay, I mean, he he did get fired from Texas Tech. Mm-hmm. FYI, you can make a case that hey, his recruitment class was limited. He couldn't get the top prospects. But keep in mind, he, he did not have a winning program with Texas Tech. Mm-hmm. Did he have a high-scoring team, that sort of program? Yes, but did they win? You know, yeah, that remains to be seen. Mm-hmm. So keep that in mind as he transitions to the NFL. Okay. Do they have – who's their – are they sticking with Leftwich as their offensive? No, Leftwich went to the Buccaneers. What? Yeah, dude. Crazy. You, you didn't hear about that? No. Because he's actually – he he's from – Bruce Arians is camp. Okay, yeah, of course. Bruce Arians is yeah. obviously the head coach with, with the Bucks. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he's he's on their staff now. What? So, who's the OC for Arizona? From what I understand, it's going to be similar to Kyle Shanahan and okay. Sean McVay. They don't have an offensive coordinator. Cliff wants it. Cliff wants it. Okay. And it's interesting, too, because, like, in years past, that was like, wait, what the fuck? Like, for real, you're not going to have a coordinator? Hugh Jackson did that a couple years back, and everyone was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Hugh R- Jackson. Right. But then Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, yeah, they don't have offensive coordinators. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I don't expect, or I haven't heard at least, that he's going to have an offensive coordinator. Maybe they're just trying to follow the same model. I, as I feel like, you know, the, the league is shifting into a more offensive. I think we've had many discussions, and, you know, if you do follow ESPN and uh, NFL Network, they do talk about how NFL is obviously protecting the quarterback. Points they they sell the viewers, they sell tickets. Um, you know the the league is kind of shifting that way, and it's interesting how the coaching staff is doing accordingly as well. Yeah, yeah. There's some nuances that are being adjusted, and he, and you're seeing it right now. Yeah, interesting. You're seeing it right now. It's the Warriors effect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Let's go ahead and talk about what we have this weekend, which is... Everyone's favorite Sunday of NFL season, I'm sure. Yeah. (laughs) What is that? It's the Pro Bowl, guys. Yeah. It's the Pro Bowl. So, uh, Pro Bowl, I'm not really too enthused about it. I don't think many people... Well, I won't say many people don't watch it, but it's, it's not my cup of tea. But I will... Give credence to the people in the NFC West that are in the Pro Bowl. Um, Should we name them off? Yeah, I'll just name them off. I mean, I'll name the people right now because the Rams are in the Super Bowl. They're not participating in the Pro Bowl, but, I mean, I'll give them credit. Jared Goff, Mm -hmm. quarterback, obviously, for the Rams. He was a stud in the NFC Championship game. He made some really tough throws. Yeah, he, he made the Pro Bowl. 
Todd Gurley made the Pro Bowl, running back, and that's kind of interesting because he got benched. Should we should we spend a minute on that? Uh, okay, let's talk about it right yeah, now. Yeah, just uh, yeah. So NFC Conference Championship against the Saints. You know, he had two dropped catches early on in the first half. One of them going for an interception at the ten. Yeah, he didn't and then play. That, and then that was it. That was pretty much. Pretty much, and I think that if the Rams had lost that game, this benching would have been a lot more emphasized because obviously Todd really didn't play the majority of the snaps after that. Mm-hmm. It was C.J. Anderson. So what if the Rams had lost? I mean, yeah, I'm yeah, sure I there would have been a lot of shit about that. But, but, I look at it this way. Is it Did he get benched more on the lack of his performance or the emergence of C.J. Anderson? I would like to say... Because of what he did, you know, um, because of his performance, it was a very, I don't say it was a bold call, but I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a ballsy call by Sean McVay to go the other way and give C.J. Anderson the rock. Uh, mm-hmm. You're talking about a running back that just got a, he's coming off a big extension, all pro running back. Yeah, but uh, yeah. I don't know. I guess there's two sides to that argument. Uh, it was just kind of strange seeing him on the sideline. He was warming up. He was clearly helmet on. He was, uh, you know, stretching out, staying warm. But yet, C.J. Anderson was just just commanding the backfield. We won't know until much later on whether it's a Super Bowl win or loss, but we won't know until much later just how bad mm-hmm. the, the knee injury is. Like, is he 90%? Is yeah. he 80? Is he 70? Is mm-hmm. he 50? I, I, I don't know, but... Todd Gurley hasn't missed anything like that. He's he's been off the injury reports, but um, I think a big story is, you know, he got benched in the conference championship game. So going into Super Bowl Fifty Three, what is his going to be his impact? Mm-hmm. Right. That that'll be something to look forward to. Yeah. All right. Um, Corey Littleton, special teams on the Rams. That's cool. Special teams is awesome. Um, Niners. Defensive lineman, DeForest Buckner. Hey. So, uh, yeah, Aaron Donald is in the Pro Bowl. Oh, we forgot to add him. Oh, yeah, Aaron yeah. Donald. Yeah. So because Aaron Donald's <laughs> in the Pro Bowl, yeah, DeForest Buckner replaces him. And it's Probably nice. so. It's nice, yeah. And in the season with, what, 11 sacks? I think he should definitely have been in the conversation. Yeah, yeah, no, good for him. So he gets in the Pro Bowl finally. Then you got Kyle Juszczyk, a.k.a. Juice. He's the fullback for the NFC. I feel like the, the fullback is just a dying breed in the NFL. I think it kind of it feels like kind of like a de facto type of nomination, but I don't know. That's it's you don't see many fullbacks now. Well, he's the highest paid fullback at that. So I mean, <laughs> if he didn't make Pro Bowl, I'd say something as well. I mean, he made the Pro Bowl, which is which is good. Your boy George Kittle, yes, All Pro, made the Pro Bowl. Most receiving yards for a tight end ever in the NFL. Mm-hmm. By right, the way. almost twelve hundred. Yeah. Yeah. More than Gronkowski. More than Gronkowski. Yeah. <laughs> more than more than Kelsey. Bomb. Okay, Seahawks. Russell Wilson, quarterback. Mm-hmm. Cool. Bobby Wagner. B Wags. Deservingly so. And uh, I guess the lone representative. For the Cardinals, it's Patrick Peterson. P squared. Yeah. So that's what's up. Yeah. Are you are you gonna be watching the Pro Bowl this Sunday? Uh, probably not. I think we're gonna a little family time on Sunday. How about yeah. you? 
Yeah, I'm not gonna watch it. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll 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 get the gist of it on uh, on Sports Center. But guys, I just want to give credits to the NFC West. These players in particular have made the Pro Bowl, and these guys are no like they're no you know they're they actually this is legit talent. Yeah, you know this is just no no turnovers. These are just. This is legit talent, so you know I'm proud. I'm proud. All right. Um, so when we went from the Pro Bowl. Let's talk about. Interestingly enough, I mean, the Senior Bowl. So the Senior Bowl is um, talent showcase. Right. It's a talent showcase for the seniors at the collegiate level. Um, so you'll have like what. Uh, one team versus the or North team versus South team. I guess yeah, something like that. So I think, the, yeah, yeah. So this year you have the San Francisco 49ers coaching staff, and you have the Oakland Raiders coaching staff responsible for both the North team and South team, respectively. Mm-hmm. And so interestingly enough, I, I did read an article by uh, Matt Barrows off of the Athletic earlier in the week, just saying like you know how impactful you know let's just say like you know the Niners the last time they were on the coaching staff for the senior bowl like you know have there been players that have been drafted mm-hmm. you know from the senior bowl like specifically because they had that extra attention to detail on these guys and actually you know the statistics actually have shown like the last couple times for their respective draft classes at least three players have been drafted from the senior bowl mm. by the coaching staff by the coaching staff interesting yeah no it, it's happened before mm-hmm. um so, for those that do keep checking the senior bowl, I haven't been as active as I should be, but more times than not, yeah, I think someone from the senior bowl, whoever the Niners coach, will be drafted by the Niners. And it's worth noting, too, I mean, for John Lynch, at least what I've seen the last two years, whether it's been Keller Weatherspoon from Colorado whether it's been Joe Williams from Utah, whether it's been Solomon Thomas from Stanford. It seems like, or, well, actually, no, that was Chip Kelly to Forrest Buckner in Oregon. But it mm-hmm. seems like John Lynch likes the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. That, that's something Rightfully that I... Rightfully so. That's something that I've noticed at, at, at the very least. So, I don't know. Something to put out there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like I said, it's... I mean, I'm looking at it more in the... Dante sh- Pettis, Washington. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm looking at more in the scope of what the 49ers needs are not really any of the other 31 teams but obviously we're looking at DN so Montez Sweat is someone who's been a standout in the senior bowl right um Cullen Farrell I don't think he's he's he withdrew from the senior bowl it's Farrell yeah um and then uh who is the other DE what Polite was it Polite no, 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 no not no. the Alabama guy um, anyways, um, yeah, I mean, it's good for the coaching staff to get, you know, kind of stay on their game and it's good to, I guess, more publicity of kind of bringing the, um, the attention towards Kyle Shanahan and his staff. Um, yeah, so it should be interesting. You know, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to probably not going to watch it either. going to spend more time with family on that, but, um, yeah, I think Montez Sweat is probably who I have my eyes on. Um, and then there's also that De- Debo Samuel. He's I've he's, heard of him. he's a standout for for the wide receivers right now. Yeah. And there's actually another wide receiver. I can't remember his name right now, but he was a uh, born and bred in Alameda, California. 
think he went to San Jose State. No shit. Yeah. Okay. Uh, last name is Nado. Nado. I, f- I forgot, but um, if, if the listeners, if you guys know who it is, you know, you know who I'm talking about. But yeah, from Alameda, he's on there, and he's been he's been a standout as well. So things to consider. Things to consider. Things to consider. Last but not least, let's just go ahead and wrap it up with uh, Super Bowl Fifty Three prop bets. Woo! Prop bets. So let's go ahead and. Concluded with that. So prop bets, Justin. Do you do prop bets? Um, do you? How do you? How do you control? How do you I, like it? I enjoy prop bets. I I always do heads tails. Heads tails. Just just okay. because I'll do the national anthem over under like A certain amount of minutes. That's always cool. Right. Okay. Um, just just to mess around. I, I never win this. I'll do odds on Super Bowl MVP. Okay. Um. Those are the ones I usually stick to. I mean, what what, what about you, Tom? Um, let's, you know, heads and tails. That's a classic one. I'm a tails never fails guy. Okay. So, let's see. This year, the tails is minus one oh five. It's even actually. Yeah. Heads and tails minus one oh five. So tails, I think tails never fails. That's just that's just my take. Um, what are some other interesting ones? Flea flicker, flea flicker, which has been interesting because we've been seeing. The Flea Flicker has appeared in the postseason this year. So, Flea Flicker in the Super Bowl. Yes, plus 400. 4-1 four odds. No, minus 700. Mm. Okay, so. The Johnny Hecker, that's not considered a Flea Flicker, right? That's that, that's a fake punt. That's a fake punt, yeah. And by the way, there's no... Uh, don't get me started on that. Okay, so <laughs> flea flicker plus four. Uh, I'll probably go with no. Probably going no on that. Okay, that's that's Tom Brady has done the Patriots have done that. They have done that though. Yeah. Uh, Ooh, oh, this is a good one. Controversial, but since CBS for the Super Bowl. Okay, CBS is covering uh, the Super Bowl this year. Um, yeah, so the there's new, a, yeah. there's a, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. So the the Saints. Rams game for the NFC Conference Championship. We saw that a couple weeks ago. Obviously, there was a very controversial no call. Should have been passing interference. The Saints should have mm-hmm. gone the penalty and taken the first down and mm-hmm. argue that they should be in the Super Bowl. But do you think that CBS has the audacity to replay that play? On Super Bowl national television. That is awesome that there's actually a prop bet on this. So it is actually favored. Minus 200, yes, meaning that most likely they will play it. No, plus 200. Oh, plus. Oop. Oh, no, you're right. Plus 200, yes. Plus 200, yes. Are they going to show it? And. Minus 300, no. Oh, man. I'm uh, that, The 200 sounds real good. They have to show it. It's. Do you it's think pivotal. they would? I. They have. Okay. I mean, so here, is it shown like on TV or do they talk about it? No, shown on TV. Shown like on the show, TV. show the play. Because here's the thing too. That kind of, if they were to show it, it, it's just like you're talking shit on your, on your, on yourself. You know? Because <laughs> like this is the league. You know, the, the shield, their integrity. Totally. I could see Goodell saying like, "Don't show that shit." No, don't you dare. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Oh. Yeah, that's that, that's my that's my take on that. Okay. Sorry, my dog is smelling the tacos that are on the barbecue right now. It doesn't get a little. <laughs> okay, um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Yes, I think it'll just add a little. Um, 
spice to the Super Bowl parties? I'll say no. I think that um, I think Roger Goodell will have an effect on okay. on that. I think they'll mention it, but I don't think they'll actually play it because that will get people pissed off. Yeah. Okay, let's, let's do two more. Okay. Uh, oh, interesting. This is an interesting prop bet. Do you think that the uh, commentators, you know, Tony Romo and, and, uh, and that staff, do you think they'll mention the uh, Belichick McVeigh age gap? Minus two hundred, yes. Plus one fifty, no. I mean, more, more likely than not, they're gonna. Interesting. Um, I would think no would be favored, but this time it's minus two hundred. Yes. I mean, it's a I, it's a safe topic to he, talk about. Yeah, you know. I can see it's a storyline. Um, Jim, like, Na- I can I can see Jim Nance just talking like, about man, it. Man, he's so old. <laughs> And McVeigh, like he's like thirty two, like shit. He, he's like thirty years older than him. Yeah. And McVeigh was in eighth grade when when Belichick won his first Super Bowl, or something R- like that. R- <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> You're so right. Yeah, I guess I can see it's a yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think this next prop bet is probably the one that we see every year, other than the heads and tails. So would you, have, would you agree? Yeah. So for those that don't know what we're talking about, Tom Brady, his wife is Giselle, and yeah, a notable figure, not just within the football community because he's Tom Brady's wife, but he's very, very popular in her own right as a model, right? So uh, yeah, Giselle appearance over under on TV. One and a half times over under. What say you? This is down from last year. I feel like last year was like four and a half. Or like three and a half. Am I wrong on that? I guess it was too high because, yeah, they went, went from that to like one and a half right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go over on that. I think uh, I think they're going to show her once during one time during the game, and then they're going to show her again when um, Tom Brady's holding a trophy. Okay. Oh. Oh, so that's <laughs> going down like that. <laughs> sorry, I think, sorry, Rams. I think to your point, I mean, I think the amount of appearances you see of Giselle – will be contingent upon the outcome of the game. There so if that happens, not saying it will, then yeah, it's, uh, it's a for sure win. It's for sure. For, for Giselle appearances. Cool. So, tee up. Appreciate your time. Thank you for hosting. Absolutely. We have tacos on deck. Oh, we have the tacos are off the grill. They are currently getting chopped up. So, any other final words to say before we uh, conclude this pod? Um, no, I guess uh, looking forward to press week. Press week is always fun because uh, you get all the quotes. Yeah. But um, other than that, everyone have a good weekend. And yep. Instagram at just the west, Twitter at just the west, and of course the blog www.justthewest.com. Until next time, tee up. We out of here. We out. Peace.